Welcome to the John Malone Show. Today's topic for discussion about unfinished conversations is defunding the police. What does that mean, and why do we keep hearing about it? Today we talk about the origins of policing and the complete misunderstanding of what we think their role is. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's dig into this. The first public police force was created in Boston in 1838 in response to the urging of private businesses. Merchants wanted a public system to fund the protection of their wares which up to that point were secured by private security. This concept spread by the late 1800s, and most major cities maintained public policing forces. America's emphasis on state and local government autonomy from the federal government leads to a great deal of diversity in policing systems across cities, counties, and states. A single city can be patrolled by multiple policing agencies with overlapping responsibilities. Well, we talk about defunding the police. Actually, police salaries are rising in departments across the U.S., not only are police salaries rising, but the size of the police forces also continue to grow. Well, how are police departments funded? Local police spending has become reliant on federal funding in recent years. How much is spent on police? Well, police budgets represent one aspect of public spending related to law and order in the United States. The broad category of law and order spending would also include spending on prisons and jails, which is called corrections expenditures, as well as judicial spending, such as public defenders and district attorney's fees, which is termed court expenditures. Figures from the U.S. Census of Governments indicates that state and local governments together spend about $115 billion on policing. They spent another $127 billion on courts and corrections. As such, this is one of the biggest expenses for local governments. The money goes almost entirely to operational costs. In 2017, for instance, 96% of police spending at the state and local levels went to salaries and benefits. How much do taxpayers spend on police? Total, the U.S. collectively spends over $100 billion a year and $80 billion on incarcerations. Well, the national average of a salary of a police officer is about $67,000. States like California, the average police salary is $105,000. New York, the average police salary is $77,000. To protect and serve, the creed emblazoned across millions of police cars throughout Los Angeles and indeed the United States this motto is consistent with the common belief that police officers, as well as other law enforcement officers, are here to protect us. After all, we're taught to dial 911 when we need help. Subject to narrow exceptions, the United States Constitution does not require law enforcement officers to protect you from other people. According to the U.S. Supreme Court, this notion contradicts our ingrained perceptions, but it's still the law today. In the case of DeShaney v. Winnebago County in 1989, which was a case that was decided by the Supreme Court, the court held that the state government agency's failure to prevent child abuse by a custodial parent does not violate the child's right to liberty for the purpose of the 14th Amendment in the United States Constitution. In 1980, a divorce court in Wyoming gave custody of Joshua DeShaney, born in 1979, to his father, Randy DeShaney. A police report of child abuse and a hospital visit in January 1983 prompted the county Department of Social Services to obtain a court order to keep the boy in the hospital's custody. Three days later, on the recommendation of the child's protection team, consisting of a pediatrician, a psychologist, and a police detective, the county's lawyer, and several DSS co-workers, and various hospital personnel, the juvenile court dismissed the case and returned the boy to custody of his father. The DSS entered an agreement with the boy's father, and five times throughout 1983, a DSS social worker visited the DeShaney home and recorded suspicion of child abuse, and that the father was not complying with the agreement's terms. No action was taken, 
The DSS also took no action to remove the boy from his father's custody after a hospital reported child abuse to them in November of 1983. Visits in January and in March in 1984, in which a worker was told that Josh was too ill to see the, the worker, also resulted in no action. Following a March visit in 1984, Randy DeShaney beat his four-year-old son, Joshua, so severely that he fell into a life-threatening coma. Emergency brain surgery revealed a series of hemorrhages caused by traumatic injuries to the head inflicted over a long period of time. Joshua suffered brain damage so severe that he was expected to spend the rest of his life confined to an institution for the profoundly mentally disabled. Well, Joshua died Monday, November the 9th, 2015, at the age of 36. And his father then, Randy DeShaney, was subsequently tried and convicted of child abuse, but only served two years in jail. On June 28, 2005, the Supreme Court ruled on Monday that the police did not have a constitutional duty to protect a person from harm, even against somebody with a protective order against a violent husband making an arrest mandatory for the violation. This decision was an opinion by Justice Anton Scalia and John Paul Stevens and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The appeals court had permitted a lawsuit to proceed against a Colorado town of Castle Rock for the failure for the police to respond to a woman's pleas for help after her estranged husband violated a protective order by kidnapping their three young daughters who he eventually killed. For hours on the night of June 22, 1999, Jessica Gonzalez tried to get Castle Rock police to find and arrest her estranged husband, who was under a court order to stay 100 yards away from the house. He had taken the children, ages 7, 9, and 10, as they played outside. He later called his wife to tell her that he had the girls at an amusement park in Denver. Mrs. Gonzalez conveyed this information to the police, but they failed to act before Mr. Gonzalez arrived to the police station hours later. With the bodies of his girls in the back of his truck, the police killed them at the scene. The theory of the lawsuit Mrs. Gonzalez filed in the Federal District Court of Denver was that Colorado law had given her an enforceable right to protection by instructing the police on the court order that you shall arrest or issue a warrant for the arrest of a violator. She argued that the order gave her a property interest within the meaning of the 14th Amendment due process guarantee, which prohibits the deprivation of property without due process. Even in 2018, U.S. judges say that law enforcement officers had no legal duty to protect Parkland students during the mass shooting in Florida. Following the last February shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, some students claimed local government officials were at fault for failing to provide protection to the students. The students filed a lawsuit naming six defendants, including the Broward School District and Broward Sheriff's Office. Although a federal judge in Florida ruled that the government agencies had no constitutional duty to protect the students who were not in custody. Where does that leave us? Do we blame media? Do we blame the entertainment industry? Is it our fault for misunderstanding what an officer's role is in protecting us? Or that they even have a role in protecting us? Growing up in the 70s and 80s, TV shows depicting police officers as being referees, I guess. If you were in trouble to call them. I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Even last December, a Supreme Court ruled that police officers can pull someone over without a legitimate legal justification, as long as they reasonably misunderstood the law to allow the stop. Critics were quick to point out that this effectively lets cops pull you over for just about any reason, as long as they reasonably claim ignorance of the law. In the eight months since, courts in at least a dozen states have excused mistakes by police who initiated stops based on the misunderstanding of what is legal and what is not. Even in recent findings, in North Carolina, Police are no longer required to even give the appearance of an understanding of the laws that they are tasked with enforcing. So what are we left with? They don't have to protect us. They don't even have to understand the laws. Is this why gun sales have gone up so much? 
There are over 470 million guns in American sales keep going up. Do you think that people actually know that we have to take care of ourselves? Why do we even have police? What is their job? If they're not looking after us or our businesses, what are they doing? Do we even need police officers anymore? Talk about defunding. I hear the liberal left saying that we actually just need to get rid of police altogether. Are they right? I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Leave a comment below. Please hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time on The John Malone Show.